my name is Amy Rose Herrick, and I am America's Profit Building Special. Welcome to Being Bold, the show that talks about connectedness in business development. Hi, I'm Cecilia Hageman Younger, and usually the focus is on business connectedness. But recently, I got to interact with Amy Rose Herrick and was blown away by her tips in developing a business. For those who don't know Amy, she's America's profit building specialist and a finance expert. And in this episode, she reflects on common mistakes people make, and many times people don't even think about some of the issues she brings up. Also, she has some fantastic practical tips to consider as you prepare to develop your business. Amy is a business specialist who lives the dream in the Virgin Islands. She has also written several books one of which is seven solutions to add 10,000 to 100,000 to your bottom line this year. I want to welcome Amy Rose Herrick to discuss tips for entrepreneurs. Hello, my name is Amy Rose Herrick and I am America's profit building specialist. One of the things that I do in working with entrepreneurs, I have designed courses, a little over three dozen that they can use on an individual basis to help build their bottom lines. And I also work with clients on a one-on-one basis or have some other things available. Now, let me go ahead and get into some of the thoughts that I had when you were asking about being a small business owner. A little over 30 years, I've bought, sold businesses, and then I help other business owners build their bottom lines. Now, there were some things that came to mind and working through this. Well, one of the things that I see business owners don't think about when they're transitioning from being a W-2 employee to a self-employed is disability insurance. In many cases, they have benefits at work. Some of those are portable. They may need to pick it up on an individual basis. But when they step out of the W-2 or a guaranteed income situation over to self-employed, they may not be able to qualify for any disability income until they can show two full years of income in the new endeavor. They will often add those two together and divide by two to come up with an average. An individual leaving in the middle of a year, for example, if they moved in 2020, then it would not be until the full year of 2021 and 2022 that they would have two full tax years and that won't even be done until probably sometime in the spring of 2023. When an individual is starting out on these type of an endeavors, protecting that income stream is very important because if they've just leapt and they've had an illness or an accident or something occurs, it can just collapse, uh, implode upon itself. So that's one of the things that I look at is securing adequate disability insurance before you leap because you may not be able to for two, likely three years after the separation. There's another area in working with these individuals when they're considering changing has to do with restructuring their debt load to the lowest long-term rates before they leap. Again, I'm going back to we have got an income that we can document for qualifying. 
that may work very well for us. But once they have become self-employed, they may not have that income stream to be able to support that, to get the better rates. And of course, we also need to look at that credit report to make sure that credit scores are going to be good for that. Moving along with restructuring the debts, I really encourage people to drop their living expenses to the lowest levels possible to take the financial pressure off. Once you have done that, and at some point as your income increases, you can add some things back in, but really working at a bare bones, if you're thinking about moving or those type of things, getting it done before the transition will make things so much easier going forward. Now, number five, talk to a professional about all the taxes and licenses and fees you're going to have to have when you open the doors. Now, I happen to be in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and if you're a self-employed person here, you're going to have a license application. Well, there's a little trick to that. And unless you are current on your tax liabilities, you won't be able to get it. So having your taxes may affect your ability to get your license completed if they are in arrears or if you owe any tax liability. Depends on your jurisdiction. You're going to need a fire inspection or, or perhaps a clearance of the premises. In my situation, you need a, cat, a tax clearance letter, well, or you're not going to get a license until you get that fixed or you're in a payment agreement. Here, we have a gross receipts tax of 5%. If you have annual sales of over $225,000 a year, the key word on that is gross. That is not on net. Now, you're going to have self-employment taxes on the net income. Most people are used to having only 7.65% taken out of their payroll. And then, of course, the employer matches that. Well, a self-employed person, you're going to be paying both halves. So that's a little more than 15%. You're going to have income taxes on that net taxable income. And then some of the individuals will have state income taxes that have to be paid in addition to that. Then let's step outside the box and say that you've gone into an LLC or a partnership. Well, you need to get the agreement put in place. Then there are annual tax filing costs by having these um, off of a Schedule C that you might have on your return. Do you have excess excise taxes, I'm sorry, or import taxes, you know, any of those types of things. This is not scripted as I'm going through. I put a couple of notes, but just as I'm thinking about it in my mind. Then another thing that I see people mess up on when they're starting a business they really don't understand how to budget the true cost of the employees. And I have a course that's specifically devoted to this particular topic because I see a lot of business owners mess up when they're doing their line items and they really don't put this into place. Well, they think about the base wages, but we've got to have that Social Security, Medicare matching. There will be state unemployment insurance. There is federal unemployment insurance. They may have to deal into the equation. What about work comp? Liability insurance. Do they require any licensing for that employee? Are you going to train them? What's the cost of training? Maybe that cannot be done on site or we have to bring in third parties for that. 
What type of benefits? You know, most people are used to having health insurance, those type of things. And then there's what I call the hidden cost that I just don't see enough business owners put into place. That has to do with the overhead. What does it cost you for the space that an employee occupies in order to perform the function to make that position work? Now, for an example, look at an employee who might be an executive on this executive and maybe they have that big corner office. Well, how much operating costs do we have in order to provide that corner office when we look at the overhead? And I've had a few business owners that were absolutely astounded at what the cost of the office was way over and above what the costs were for the employee. So I, I tend to look at things a little bit differently to build up a bottom line. Um, another one that I had written down, it is really important when you start out with a partner right off of the bat, we want to have a buy-sell agreement in place for either death or disability of either partner. Once a business has started and you're moving ahead, and if there is a death or a disability of a partner, you do not want to be in business with a spouse, adult children four states away, or the business now is going through the estate and the probate process, and you're going to end up with kids who are minor age as your partners, but not really because they have to have a guardian. So I really believe in the buy-sell agreements. We have ways we can put those in place that have formulas that's very simple to determine what that business price is gonna be worth for a buy-sell agreement. And then also what are the best ways that you can fund this just to make it so much easier in the event these things happen and I don't think it's a question of if it will happen. It's when it happens, it is already going to be a very smooth transition. We don't want the business to implode because we didn't have that in place. Another one that I thought of has to do with developing a company name and your logo. I, I see people waste a lot of time, effort, and money here that could be avoided. Let's pretend I'm going to start my new company. Well, I have a name that I'd like. Well, it's easy. I can go on GoDaddy or somewhere, and I can check and see if the domain's available. Well, after I've done that, let's say it is available or I found a deviation that will work for me. If there is a name relatively close or the name that I wanted and I've deviated, I want to look at that company and see what they do. Do, if it is something that is offensive, you may not want to have your name that close to that company. But let's assume that you've got a company name and it works, the domain is available. Now we immediately want to check and see if that has been trademarked because if it's been trademarked, stop go back, find another name. You don't want to proceed unless it's trademarked. Now let's assume that we've got the domain and we can trademark the name and now we're going to do a logo. I've seen some beautiful logos that are multicolor and no one thinks about the fact later on if you're going to do this and you're going to put any of this in place for merchandising that every one of those colors will cost you more in a printing cost. It's nice to have the color logo, but I want you to take that logo and I want you to do it and replicate it in white on black. And then I want you to replicate it with it logo being in black 
on white to see what it looks like. And that will give you a lot of different options to be able to use that logo. And if you need to make some changes because some gradients or shadings did not work when you transitioned it from color to black or white, now you can take care of that before you put it in use and before we're gonna be putting that on a trademark application. You wanna start using it as soon as possible and you wanna get those little letters TM behind it so everybody knows that it's yours. Another thing that I work with on my business owners, they don't always think about, what's your exit plan? And I mean, when you open the doors, you need an exit plan and you need an exit strategy. An exit strategy isn't, I'm gonna sell my business someday and retire. That's too vague. Your exit strategy might be, if I start out on this endeavor and I lose $50,000 and I'm still not in a profit-making position and that's the biggest budget that I can do, then I'm going to close the doors and walk away, or I'm going to sell the endeavor to someone else and let them take it further. That could be an exit strategy. Another exit strategy could be that, all right, once I have tripled my investment into this business, I'm going to sell it, take that money, and I'm gonna go into another endeavor. Many times entrepreneurs have a lot of different ideas and opportunities, and they may be a serial entrepreneur where they build it up in one area, sell it, and then move on. Now, with that exit strategy, there are specific things you can do before you ever put that company up for sale that would enable you to sell the business and pay absolutely no or very reduced capital gains taxes, but you have to do this before you put it up for sale. That's another thing that I work with. And then I'd say the last thing in this would be that a business has to be sellable every day of the year. Because at some point you're going to decide to sell that business, whether it was anticipated, way in advance, or you had an offer come that you really had not anticipated. And if we don't have this business sellable every day of the year, it may be impossible to get rid of it, let go of it, or to get the money out of it that you should. So we work on making a business sellable every day of the year. Well, I am Amy Rose Herrick, and I have the secret profits, and I'll put a couple of links in, and I am America's profit builder. Thank you, Amy, for sharing your experiences and help guide others to be profitable. She offers courses to transform your business and business development. I suggest checking out her Facebook page, The Secret Profits, and I'll provide a link for it. Thanks for joining me today for listening to Being Bold. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot me an email at cecilia at beingboldanddriven.com. And if you want to learn more about my upcoming classes, go to my website where they're listed at www.beingboldanddriven.com or email me to learn more at cecilia at beingboldanddriven.com.